The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Morning, everybody. Morning, church. Faith Hill family. You are family of ours in Cape Town, and um, we view you as such. And it's a great privilege to be uh, saved by His grace. grace. You know, um, the, the, the gracious words of um, your pastor and also Big Henry this morning in the pre-service, um, I'm listening to them saying all these things, and I'm going... Who are they actually talking about, you know? Because at the end of the day, when we look back over life and we look back of what we've accomplished, I think the older we get, the longer we go, um, or how do I say? The longer we live, not the older we get, okay? <laughs> I think the longer we go, the more we realize it's by His grace. It's by His goodness. It's by... Um, all that He has done for us, you know. And, and, and this morning, I just want to say, um, uh, Lady Chippo came up and she said, thank you. I think the, the, the first thing that we need to do this morning is thank Him for His goodness and His grace, for His faithfulness that He has done those great things, finished work of the cross, and that He has saved us. And the, the salvation wasn't a once-off. It's a maintained constancy every, he's not just, hasn't just saved me, he is saving me. Every single day he is busy and around me and keeping me safe and keeping me secure and and being the faithful salvation in my life. So, uh, Pastor T and Lady Chippo, it's so great to be here. And um, thank you for the invite. It's a great privilege. My first trip um, in COVID or out of COVID or whatever, you know, and it's so great um, just to get out of Cape Town and just see that the planes still fly and the earth is still round and, you know, Joburg is still here and all those things. But it, it's, it's, really, it's really great to be here. Yeah. Oh, and, and guys, thank you for the sun. I mean... We have had a winter that you cannot believe. It's been like snow. But that's, they say that was what winter was like in Cape Town um, 10 years ago. So we've gone the full cycle. We're back in what winters should be like. So I'm, I'm just, excuse me for a moment. Technology is busy chasing me around my phone here. Um, I'm trying to find something. Uh, no, what are you doing? No, 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 no. Don't tell me that. That is incredible. I was about to come on. Hang on. There we go. There we go. There we go. Okay, so um, as an intro this morning, talking about survival, talking about things we come through and things, because I'm busy preaching a series called um, Out of the Ashes, and I'm going to be talking a little bit about it this morning here with you, but um, I just want to read this. This is from... um, Dr. Mike Murdoch's book on, on wisdoms and things. And I, I want you to hear some of this stuff because we're inclined to look at our problems instead of the solutions. 
we're inclined to see the giant instead of what the giant could represent to us, okay? So the only true, true difference between a nobody and a somebody is the enemy they decided to conquer. Listen to that. The only difference between a nobody and a somebody is the enemy. David went from nobody to somebody through Goliath. Okay, I want, you to, I want you to for a moment pause and consider. I know we don't preach COVID in this church. But it's a, it's, it is a fact that we're living in a COVID world and the results are all around us every day. And they're speaking to us from the natural. I know we live from the spiritual. But sometimes we lose track of how great our victory and how great the victor. Do you see all the words of all the songs are in line with the message this morning? And that's only God's spirit that can do that kind of thing. All right. So it says here, and it came to pass as they came when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistines that the women came out of all the cities singing and dancing to meet King Saul with ta ta tambourines of joy and with instruments of music. And the women answered one another and they played and said, Saul has slain thousands, but David his ten thousands. So, so he, he went from nobody to somebody, all right? Your enemy is the difference between obscurity and significance. Listen to this one. I like boxing. I love, you know, when I, if you're in ministry or you're in any kind of really tough uh, occupation, sometimes when things are really going tough, you should get yourself a Rocky movie. And just watch somebody win for a change. You know, just, just go and watch somebody win so that you can, you can be happy about winning. Okay. So... Um, <laughs> Heavyweight champions have gone from unknown to world champions in a single fight. When Evander Holyfield sees Mike Tyson walk through the door, he doesn't grab his ear. For those of you who remember, Mike Tyson bit him on the ear. He does not grab his ear. Listen to this. He grabs his checkbook. Isaac, no friend of Evander Holyfield has ever given him 22 million. It took an enemy. It happened to David. See Samuel 18, 1 Samuel 18, 6 and 7. Even, uh, uh, what? Even bronco riders desire a mean bull so the judges can accurately assess their skills. I'm not going to read all of them, but there's a whole bunch of these and out of that, I want you to just take this one thing. We are inclined to look at our circumstances as that which is out to beat us and that which is not there to do us any good. But there are few people that look at that and see an opportunity. It says, David, when he went to battle, asked, what will be done to the man that actually beat Goliath? And it was told him that there was a whole bunch of financial breakthrough for him. There was promotion for him. If he, and he was looking at that solution, not at... Do you know how many people have started new jobs, new companies with new ideas in the midst of this season? So this is the season of opportunity. This is the season of breakthrough. This is the season of seeing something great happen in your life.
I mean, you just got to look at Henry to realize it is a truth. I mean, when I saw Henry last, he was like six pounds over. Now he's 20 pounds under. I mean, I nearly didn't recognize the man. That is, that is the result of being married to a good woman. But I mean, you, you know, normally it works the other way around. You're married to a good woman. You, you know, the guy's put on weight. She's had the effect on him that he, he's gone to gym. Henry, I love you, brother. We, we, we've been all over the world together. I can joke with Henry. All right, quickly, quickly, quickly. Um, what's the guy's name that's sitting up here? Sorry, brother, forgive me. Jose. Oh, man, why? I want you to go and take out as much prophetic word as you can find and remember. And I want you to look at it and understand when you look at it, you are going to see something jump out at you. And the thing that you're going to see jump out at you is that you are already in the midst of that word. You are already seeing the production of that word. And what you have, this season needs to be continued. This season needs to be magnified and focused upon. And I want you to realize that that is absolutely where you're at right now. Uh, uh, um, capitalize. And, 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 and cement the, the, the foundation of what God is doing in your life. See it as a moment. Seize it as a moment and go forward. Because that was the, that was the stepping stone. The, the word becomes a what? Um, it's like a bank in you. I, man, I, I got to get that sermon and, and re-go through it. But the word in your life is very much that. God has cemented a stepping stone. That was the beginning. But now you're in a season that steps into it in a newness, right? And you're going to see the next step come forward. You're going to see the, the promotion of the next step. Okay. So I'm just going to run through because I've got to try and condense two previous messages to get to this morning's message and it's going to be little nuggets of gold because we because of time constraint but I'm sure you can go and look for the messages on um, our Facebook page they they stored there and you can get so I want to just give you the the Japanese have an art form there's a Japanese pastor on YouTube or, or whatever, and he's preaching. He says, in the 20th century age where we're at, we throw away everything that's broken. You, you know, you, you have a, a vacuum cleaner that breaks. You take it down to the electronic shop. You say to the guy, can you give me a new motor? He said, the new motor costs more than a new machine. Why don't you just go ahead and get a new one? So the vacuum cleaner lands up on, on the rubbish dump. You know that in India, they have... A very large upper, uh, a very small, 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 small upper class. The Lamborghini people, a very small upper class. They have a a, a middle class that's now with internet and IT growing, and then they have a they have a lower class that is massive. The the people that are in the slums, it, it's massive. Okay, those people. If you walk through the slums in India, you will find that they make most of their living by what's the name? By, by taking other people's junk and turning it into something viable. Have you seen it? They they like they go and collect plastic. They go and get, and they turn it into stuff. The entrepreneurial skills are like in Africa. The entrepreneurial skills they find something, turn it into something. They're using someone's junk. Now, but most of the time, junk gets thrown to the ash heap. 
okay? The stuff that's broken. But there's an art form in Japan that takes broken pottery. And they take it and they glue it back together with a pure gold glue. It's, it's literal gold. They glue the item back together again and they put it in a framework and they put it on presentation and it becomes an art form. In fact, it's viewed as a masterpiece. What does the Bible say? You are God's workmanship. Actually, one of the translations says, you are His masterpiece. Listen, let's just have a look at what the Spirit is doing. Our women's conference was called Flourish. Something that was dead, that comes to life again, or grows again, flourishes and blooms. All right, Your women's conference caused Arise and Shine. God is doing something out of the ashes. He's bringing something that is beautiful, okay? Okay? So, so here's the thing. That art form becomes a, ma- that, that rubbish becomes a masterpiece. Now, I want to say this to you. It's not glorying in my cracks. It's not glorying in my, in, in, in my tragedies. It's not glorying in, in what I've been through. It's a testimony that God brought me through it, and now they are, my, they, they are my shining armor. It's my strength. Are you getting what I'm saying? So God's taking something. There's an old chorus. It says, something beautiful, something good. All my confusion, he understood. All of my uh, uh, brokenness and, and pride, he took something he took something and made it beautiful of my life. I can't remember the exact words. God has taken you and me and made us flourish into masterpieces of His handiwork. And that's who you are. That's what you have to present in life. Okay, so the second one goes like this. Um, we, 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 I was busy looking at, at some stuff, and uh, I just heard this like out of the ashes, out of the ashes. So in, in um, uh, Egyptian mythology, they have a thing called a phoenix, a weird bird. I don't know where they get this stuff from. Okay, mythology you know, like, doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, they have this bird that lives for 500 years, and then it burns up every 500 years, and then it comes, it reinvents itself out of the ashes. That's why we call it the flight of the phoenix, out of, out of the ashes. Now, if you go into life, you're going to find out-of-the-ashes stories, all right? There are many out-of-the-ashes stories. That, and if you go into the Bible, you're going to find just as many out-of-the-ashes stories. I mean, Job was literally sitting on an ash heap. He was scratching his sores and sitting on an ash heap. But we know that Job's end story was better than his beginning story. And we know that it only took, we read the book of Job and think that's his entire life. But that's not his entire life. That was like six months of his life before it re-kicked started and by the end of that re-kick start he had more children he had more donkeys I won't call them the other name today okay he had more of all that stuff double okay are you, are, are, you, are you with me this morning? And you can go through David and Saul. You can go through Joseph. You can go through. But the greatest out of the ashes story for you and for me is Jesus dying. And on the third day, rising from the dead out of the ashes of death and becoming eternally victorious. Hey, guys, come on. Let's think about what Tipo was saying, what the music was saying. He's my Savior. 
He's my victory, but not a like heavyweight boxing. You've always got somebody coming up through the ranks that's going to beat on you and take away your crown. But not Jesus. Jesus won the battle. It's a finished work. Can never be undone. Can never be taken away. Jesus won the battle. And you are the more than a conqueror. You know the story? You know, if I was Mike Tyson and my wife, you know, I go to fight, go to battle the morning or the evening for, the, for this crown, 22 million in the Evander Holyfield fight, Evander's wife. She's at home with a mud pack on her face and cucumbers on her eyes. She's got her slippers on. She's got her gown. She's in her, in her, in her fancy slippers. He goes 15 rounds, has a piece of his ear, but now... He comes home and knocks on the door. She opens and says, hello, lovey. He hands over a check for 22 million. She hasn't got one scratch on her. That's what's more than a... Jesus went to the cross. He took everything the enemy could throw at him and brought back you and me victory. That's not for a day, not for a moment. It's an eternal victory that you and I can live with. Amen? Man, I can feel faith. He'll come in on me now. All right. So, Isaiah 61 says, He gave me beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. All right? So, there is a, there is a beauty that comes out of what we were, and now we, we humble ourselves. What is humbleness? True humble ourse- humbleness is, is saying, yes, Lord. Pride is saying, no, no, Lord, you don't understand. I am a useless, good for nothing, no good, and I never, ever will be. That's pride. When you start telling God what you think you are, that's pride because you're not listening to what He's saying you are. And He has a better insight into you about you than you have about you, all right? And the, and the victory comes when hope, which is a constant expectancy. Listen, hope in the Christian concept is a constant. Say constant. Say it again. Say constant. Say eternal. Say never going away expectancy of good. Not just any good. God's good. Amen? It's constantly, when you're down and out and you've got a boot in your, in your teeth and you're really done for, there's a hope that comes back every time. It says, God's going to pull me out of this. God's going to do something for me. It's a constant expectancy of good. So we, we're driving to Malmesbury, we're talking, I've got to get through this all. We're driving to Malmesbury, and, 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 and Albie and I are sitting talking, and we're talking about out of the ashes, and we're talking about stuff, and suddenly I see the Cape fires. We have bushfires in, in, our, wind, um, in our summer, because it's dry in our summer, and everything gets dry, and the heat, and then we have these bushfires. And man, you must see, when they burn up the side of a mountain, they actually take it out. I mean, it, it, you'll think nothing will ever grow there again. And then the first rains come, or a little bit of moisture, and out of the ashes comes a green plant. And the whole greenness grows again. Are you with me? It grows up again, that whole greenness. And then when you look again, the whole mountainside has been restored. All right. So we're thinking about that. You know that there was places in the world where they hadn't seen a plant for over a hundred years, a tree, a shrub. And then, you know that cycles, cycles, you have 
rain cycles, you had flood cycles. That's why you're not allowed to build in a hundred-year floodplain because they say there's a rain coming in a hundred-year cycle that you haven't seen before, and it's going to flood the whole valley. And so you can't build in those places, though you've never, ever seen rain there. Now, that kind of rain is like the rain we've just been having in Cape Town. We've seen snow for the first time in 10 years. We've seen rain. That moisture of the... Are you preaching with me? Are you preaching with me? The moisture of the rivers of the Holy Ghost have a penetrating deep down effect in your life. And when that moisture seeps deep down enough in the times of revival and it gets down to the bottom, there's that seed. The seed is down the bottom there, okay? And so when a hundred-year cycle, the moisture hits that seed and boom, out comes a tree that nobody's ever seen in a hundred-year historical thing. And here's a tree they thought, we thought you were extinct. We thought you didn't exist anymore. We thought you weren't coming back. We thought you didn't have a comeback. We didn't think you could get up again. And all of a sudden, the Word of God hits you in the streams of life. And revival starts to revive you. If the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead hits your mortal body, He will quicken your life. But here's the thing. You are a planting of, same Isaiah 61. You are a planting of the Lord. You are the seeds of righteousness that God planted. And He knows the quality of that seed. He knows what He planted, when He planted, how He planted. He said what He puts in the garden, He caught. Have you, do you think God hasn't got green fingers? Hallelujah. You think God can't grow anything? Have a look at creation. He planted a seed in you of righteousness. But you think you've seen the ultimate of that planting. You think you know the depth or the potential or the possibility of what God put in you. Here's the thing. You ain't seen can you finish that for me? You ain't seen nothing yet. I'm not preaching motivational teaching this morning. I'm teaching word of God to you that says when the spirit of the Lord comes, there is liberty. Wherever that spirit moves, there is freedom. And there's a hope, an expectancy of good. God's raising up something on the inside of you that you ain't seen before. There's no wonder there's like clips going around of a fallen palm tree on a beach. And they take the palm tree and they say, but look at this palm tree. And then they start going up. This palm tree is lying on its side. It looks dead. And then the camera moves and then the camera moves. And then it gets to the top of the palm tree and there's a new palm growing up. The palm tree fell over in some big tsunami. But the roots were still in the ground. And they used the scripture, the guy who sent the clip, rooted and grounded in Christ. If there are just two or three roots left in Christ, it will grow again. Amen. You can't count you out. You can't count me out. God's not finished with you yet. Amen. I'm looking at this couple over here and I'm thinking of Vilos and, 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 and them. And I'm looking at them and I'm going... Yeah, yeah, and I, I thought I remembered something like that, but I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at them. People have, people have tried to count you out. Your, your history 
has tried to count you out. I'm speaking to the both of you, but I'm speaking very much to you this morning. There, there, are, there are relations, family, people who have counted you out, who have told you you've gone outside of their will, outside of their, it's almost as if they've disowned you and, and said, if you go that way, you're no longer part of us. But I'm telling you, you ain't seen nothing yet. The, the, the human opinion, the people's opinion of you are not what counts. If somebody said something, you ask who said it. If it's not God, then it's not valuable, all right? But if God said it, that's what you need to stand on. And this morning, I'm telling the two of you, you're hitting a season right now that is going to be so awesome that people are going to wish they hadn't disowned you. People are going to wish they hadn't walked away from you because there's a season of flourishing in you because you're rooted in ground. You might be down, but you're not out. And if anybody, anybody else wants that word, you take it and you make it your own and you say it, it's yours. Okay, so, so this morning, there's a lady, her name is Lauren Daigle. Beautiful gospel singer, absolutely stunning woman of God. And why are you laughing now? What have I said? And this woman has a song called Rolling Stones. And, and the song is about Jesus rising from the dead. Okay. And, and, and then she goes on to talk about your own life. First of all, um, you know, once you were darkness, now are you light. Arise, shine. Your light is come. We also were gone. We were dead in our trespass and our sin. But God came along and he raised us. We are buried with Jesus in his death, in baptism. We are buried, but we don't leave you under the water. <laughs> I know we would wish that we'd left some of you under the water. No, no, no. <laughs> but <laughs> years ago... Years ago, my pastor was allowing the youth pastors to baptize. And we, he was a really general type guy. So we were very fearful. And so the one guy that he asked to baptize had a very, very strong stutter. And he would get really nervous. Then he would stutter even more. And we were in the church that baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit three times under. So when he got to the, he got in the name of the f f f father and the name of the s s son. But you know, H is where, Henry. H is where it gets stuck, eh? He, and in the name of the, oh, 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 and he held him, and he held him. And the pastor turned around, the Afrikaans church, we were sitting on the platform and the baptismal pool was behind a glass over here. He turned around and the guy that was being baptized was the head of the traffic department. He was the chief traffic officer. And I bet there were some people that said, keep him there. But he was, ha, ha, ha. And the guy started to kick. And the pastor said, I'm going to teach you Afrikaans now. The pastor looked around, saw him. He said, tell up, tell up. Means pick him up, pick him up. You can thank God he didn't leave you in the grave, but he brought you <laughs> and he raised you with him to sit in heavenly places. 
The seed of the planting in you. This is how God explained. Let me explain this to you. Let me explain this to you in closing. The seed of, of, of how things work is this. Paul writes to the Ephesians about a man and a woman in marriage. And he says, husbands love your wives. But then he says, as Christ loved the church and gave his life. He said, no one ever hated his own flesh, but loves and cherishes as Christ. So right through Ephesians 5, 22 to 32, he's saying, as Christ, as Christ. He's using a man and a woman. He's using marriage, but he's talking about Christ and the church. He says, this mystery is great, but I'm telling you about Christ and the church. Then verse 33, he turns around and he says, even so, you love your own wives, and wives, you respect your husbands. Hello? 33 entitles us to use it for marriage seminars. But actually, it's about Christ and the church. So here's the thing. God has to get our attention in things we understand. So he will use a man and a woman's love in marriage to explain love to us so we can get in at our level. But what he's actually trying to do is once he's got us in. We say, oh, I understand love. He then wants to take that concept and multiply it by fathomless millions of depths and say, you think you understand love? Now let me take you deeper. And then he takes us deeper and deeper and deeper in an ever deepening revelation of his love because it's fathomless. We can never entirely understand why, Lord, why would you love? The, the scripture that comes rolling at me this morning over and over is, if God did not spare his son, his only son, while we were yet sinners, Christ died. You hear? If he didn't, how will he now? Say now. Not freely give us all things. There's an ever-deepening understanding that God started to work in you knowing your failures, knowing your shortcomings, knowing that you'd blow it out of the water time and again. It did not face him. It did not put him off. He said, I'm going to love you with an eternal love. When God says, for us, uh, you who are wicked, he's not talking about righteous people because righteous people are not wicked. In Isaiah 55, oh man, now I've got lost in another rabbit trail. Isaiah 55, he's talking about the, as the rain and snow comes down, so shall my, not rain and snow, so shall my word be. It's once again a parable. He's talking about rain and snow, talking about the production of what rain and snow. But the next verse is so. He's making a comparison. Rain and snow's got nothing to do with it. He's talking about what the Word does. He said, so will my Word be. It will not return void, but achieve the goal which it's sent to. It will get deep down, deep, deep down, deep down in my heart. Where are the girls? They're coming, okay? It'll get, I love you, Jesus. There's a revelation of deepening love. There's a revelation of deepening faithfulness. There's a revelation of it. 
in the Spirit. He starts you in what you can understand. But if you let the Spirit lead you, He'll take you to something that's so much deep. That's why Christianity and the Bible cannot age, age after age, age after age. Can I end with this this morning? There's a, there's a song. Be the, it's a thousand-year-old hymn. Go look it up. Be thou my vision. If you go look at the words of that, that shows you how long God has been talking to his church. We've made it about so many things, guys. Please listen to me. We've made it about too many things when it's actually about the one thing. And that's not a thing. That's a person. It's Jesus. Let us focus again. Let us bring our focus back to Jesus and the finished work of the cross. Yes, good music, good banners, good. We all do it. We're on live stream. We do everything we have to do. But the goal is the people that we've got to get the gospel to. That's the goal. We've, we've not been called for ourselves. We've been called for them. I, I, somebody sent me a clip. They went to John Wesley's house on a trip. Their theological teacher at the seminary took them to his house. And the students were walking through his house. And, and, and he took them up finally, cutting it very short. He finally took them up to the bedroom. And next to John Wesley's bed, apparently in the carpet after all these years, there are two indentations. Next to his bed, where the man's knees were, they're still there. The indentations are next to his bed, where he spent hours on his knees praying for revival, praying for souls, praying for men and women to be saved and to have the experience you and I have. He got the kids back into the bus, the young men and women, he got them into the back of the bus um, and he counted the register. There was one student missing. And so he went back through the house. And when he got back up at the bedroom, he could just see the head of a student whose knees were in the floor where John Wesley's knees were. And when he got round the bed, there was one student crying. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again, Jesus. And when he got there, it was Billy Graham. Can I end this message with you? Have you noticed how many clips there are of people doing stuff that shouldn't be doing anything at all? A little girl on an Italian talent program like America's Got Talent, they say to her, what are you about to do? I'm about to sing and play the piano. She had both her arms. She was born without arms. She's standing there, an armless little girl. She's very tiny. And she goes and sits on a cushion and she plays piano with her toes and sings with an angelic voice. Last night, somebody sent me a clip of a girl who had her two legs amputated at something like two years old. She's got blades on, she does modeling. She's modeling, she's about this high, she's modeling with two blades, and she does, she does backflips and somersaults off her blades while she's modeling sports clothes as a junior little girl. There's a picture of a guy who's got a pick 
in Africa somewhere, that thing, that, that hoe that they use to dig holes with and plant crops, he's got no arms. He's got it stuck here in here between his neck and his shoulder. And he's digging. I don't even know how he does that. You and I should not stop short at the capabilities or the things that we think are not our capabilities. God has implanted in you and me revival that goes beyond. Won't you stand with me this morning? There's a seed planted in me. There's a seed planted in you. It's, you know what it is? You know what it is? My brother said it. The word of the Lord is a seed. We have been born again of the incorruptible seed, the Word of God. Never dying seed with the capability that says, let there be light. This morning I've come to Faith Hill in this opening phases after, after COVID to say to you, the best is still to come. The greatest is still yet. And I want to revive you this morning to go beyond what you've seen up until this moment. It's time for revival. It's time for the power of the Word, the power of the Word to revive you and me. The same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. Raise your hands with me. Faith, Father, do it again. Do it in me. Do it from this very moment. My expectancy is not in myself, but in you. In all the power of heaven that you contain here is your vessel pour it out pour it out pour it out in me Lord and then pour it through me into a dying lost world thank you Jesus thank you Jesus oh <laughs> oh man danke Jesus siabonga Jesus Come on. Amen. Come on, let's give God a praise offering. There are some of you here that are going home. And when you get home, don't be surprised the Spirit of God doesn't tackle you. Arrest you for a God encounter in the time going forward. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.